I'm very grateful to be with you here today, um, to be able to share with you a little bit about our life and uh, to share with you a little bit about what God has been doing and to see what God has been doing in your life as well. One of the most exciting things for me is most of the time to go on Facebook. Sometimes I don't like going on Facebook. Have you ever been on Facebook before and you see these folks taking all these vacations and yours ain't coming up for four months? You're like, oh, you ever been there before? I know what it's like, but I love watching all the pictures of the kids because it's like some of the kids, um, like, like yours, Lewis, I haven't seen like in years. And um, when I see them, I'm like, they're so tall. How old am I? You know what I mean? It's like, well, they go home, they, they, they go home with them and they eat their food. They must be their children, but they don't look the same. And it's really fun. I love to see the forward motion in your lives. Before I go a little bit further, I'd like to say um, I'm grateful for my family being here with me today, Melanie and Kenzie and Abigail. Kenzie's a, a newlywed as of a few months ago, and I like him. Um, this is good. And uh, Abigail's a senior in high school, looking at all the college years. And uh, if you saw Eli, I wanted to put a picture of him. He's, he's trying to surpass me. He's about three inches shorter than I am. Um, he's working today. He, he couldn't get out of that. So we miss Eli. Eli, when you watch this later, I love you, brother. Shout out to you. And I want to say a special thank you to my brother, Tony, and his newlywed uh, wife, Jennifer. So um, that's newlywed. It's within the last year, right? So it's absolutely awesome. Um, as we get started today, I'd like to just, um, just pause for a moment. And let's just go a little bit deeper in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. God, just thank you. Thank you. That we can be where we are today. Thank you for what you have done. Father, I'm not thankful for the valleys, but I'm thankful that you brought us through them. Father, I know the stories of many folks out here. I see your faithfulness, God. I see your hand. I see your mercy. I see your grace. Lord, that receives us all as we are where we are right now. And I thank you, Lord, that we can be in this place where we say, here am I. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. So, Lord, speak today. Speak through your word, speak through your spirit to our hearts and reveal more of yourself today that you might receive the glory, that we might grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to tell you a very serious story. It's about a priest, a rabbit, and a minister. They walk into a bar. You ever heard this one before? Anybody on Facebook? They sit down and the bartender looks at the rabbit and says, hey, what do you have? He says, I don't know. I'm only here because autocorrect. <laughs> See, I knew it was going to be about 60% nah and 40% yeah, it was there. But I want to tell you, I'm glad that you're here. See, you getting it? Let's back up. <laughs> that, yes, it's good. I'm glad that you're here because... This is a fact I know about your life here today. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what you ate for breakfast. But I know that God has put you in this place 
in this day, not because I'm here, but because he has a plan of moving you closer to him. He has a plan of revealing truths to you that you may have learned before in the past, but you're going to relearn today, or maybe a new truth. Why? Because he doesn't want to fill your head with knowledge, but he wants to give you life. You see, we have a God who wants to breathe life into us. Do you agree with me? This means yes. This means no. Sorry for those of you who don't know me. There it is. I just had to do it once. Somebody asked me if I was going to do it, Kathy Bazarth, and I said yes. But today I want to share share with you a story about forward motion, really. Because what do you do in your life when you have all of this forward motion building up? It's like everything is going your way. Maybe you're getting the job you want to have. Maybe you're getting the raise you want to have. Maybe the relationship you've been in is getting more serious. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're buying the house you want to buy, the car you want to buy. I don't know. But what happens when all of the circumstances change? What happens when the things you were enjoying, the things that were just bringing you life stop, and they're not happening anymore, and you're looking forward to them happening again, but you're stuck in this period right in the middle that Annie Stanley years ago called the meantime. You ever, did you ever see that sermon of his? Okay, don't say anything because I copied it all. <laughs> but what do you do in the meantime? What do you do when it's almost like all of that forward motion you had in your life is gone, and it's almost like your feet are shackled now, maybe even to the floor, And you can't really even move. See, that's the story I want to share with you today. And thankfully, I don't have to share with you my opinions or my feelings or any of these things. I get to share truth with you. And the truth I want to share with you today, I want to read out of the book of Acts. And I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to hope it's there. I'm close. Do we have it? Okay, good. This is good. Acts chapter 16, beginning of verse 22. Now, this is a guy who had forward motion in his life. He was somebody who was a follower of Jesus. His name is Paul, a follower of Jesus. And he had been sharing all of these good things about who Jesus is and breathing life into other people, hundreds coming to know Christ, thousands more getting influenced, all of these things. And then all of a sudden, this happens. Let me read this to us. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas because they were mad that Paul and Silas were saying something they didn't like. And so what did they do? And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. That does not sound fun. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. You know, because they're probably going to want to break out and start robbing people and stealing stuff. No. Why? When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. Now, this is the place where you put all the hardened criminals. And fastened their feet in the stocks. Can we move forward? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Here you have a guy who had all this forward motion in his life. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped. When everything stops in your life or something dramatic happens. And y'all... 
I need to I need to qualify this for just a moment because I'm making some real general statements and doing the whole preaching thing or sharing thing, whatever today. But I don't want you to feel like your emotions are insignificant or your circumstance is it's not so precious. Just follow me on this, okay? Because it is. It's so precious. But you get into a circumstance where nothing's changing, and you begin to ask God, well, guy, why is this not happening? Why is this not moving forward? Why didn't I get that job? Why is this falling apart? Why is this relationship hurting? And nothing seems to change. And you're like, God, please change this. Please change this. Please change this. But it's not changing. And what begins to happen is something begins to set in that might be called irritation. Kind of like when you go to the, you know, the pantry and the kids ate all the Ritz crackers. Man! I would say Lucky Charms. I don't eat that anymore. I love y'all. But as the circumstances continue unchanged, it's almost like they grow into frustration. And it's just a feeling, right? But the more you have the feelings, the more the feelings grow and they take on more meaning. Then the frustration grows into weariness. And as the weariness keeps growing, it grows into what? Maybe hopelessness. And as hopelessness keeps growing up here, it begins to grow into, I feel lost. And then as the lostness continues to grow, it begins to affect the beliefs you have. Where are you, God? It goes from here, where the battleground of the mind, it goes into the heart. Where are you, God? I thought you said you were never going to leave me or forsake me. I thought you said that if I trust in you with all my heart, lean on my understanding, you'll make my path straight. Where are you, God? Then your belief systems get challenged. Where are you? What's going on? When I, when I stepped away from this position about eight years ago for health reasons, don't you hate when people say that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was depressed. You know why that happened? Because I was burnt out. Have you ever been burnt out before? Have you ever been crispy? Now, I like my bacon crispy, but I'm talking this is more than I can eat. And it's more than I can swallow. But when I stepped out, I began to learn some of the truths that we need to know in the meantime. And I'm going to share with you four of those here today. I promise I'm not going to be one of those long-winded preachers. That's a lie. But I'm going to try to get it done as fast as I can, okay? Because i got to share these four with you. The first I want to share with you is this. Over the last four and a half years, it's almost like I've been in a circle. You ever been in a circle in your life? God speak. Please, God speak. God, would you speak? And then he'll tell you a truth. Well, I've heard that truth before. I heard that truth about 15 years ago. Why am I hearing it again? Why do you hear truths a second time from God? The same truths. This is where you answer. I'm sorry, I'm out of the light. This is where you answer. Why do you hear the same truths over and over from God? Because God wants you to learn them again. He's not punishing you. He's loving on you and helping you to grow. And I, and I begin to see a truth that began to revolve over and over and over again. And that truth was this. Circumstances should never define or determine my relationship with God. All right, I'm going to say that again. Circumstances should never define or determine my relationship with God. 
Oh, Will says, everything's going great in my life. How you doing, Will? Everything's going great in my life. Everything's fantastic. I feel really close to God. Then all of a sudden, coronavirus hits. And I, at my work, felt like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I was walking around in a building all by myself looking for girls wearing white, white dresses on tricycles. Have you ever been there before? You know what I'm saying? It's like you can't even come to church anymore. Come on, church. And then all of a sudden you can't walk into this building. All of a sudden you can't be around those brothers and sisters in Christ you love. And then you have to ask the question, do I really still have a relationship with God? You see, one of the mistakes I made is I was riding the spiritual coattails of others at one point in my life, at that point, back then. And it's like I could go to church, I could feel close to God, I could hang out with brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, feel close with God, I could go to the Bible studies, feel close with God, but one of the things I was neglecting at the deepest core was my personal relationship with God. Until finally, when I stepped away from those circumstances, I was like, what? And God kept bringing me back to one truth. This is the truth I was actually trying to get to until I went on my rabbit trail. Seek me first. 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 Am I boring you yet? Seek me first. Because all of the distractions is really what they were kept me for my primary goal, seeking God first. Circumstances should never dictate your relationship with God, right? You see Paul sitting in there singing out loud to God, I mean, just praising God. Circumstances were not dictating his relationship with God. No matter where he is, he was growing. Second is this. I love this. You ready for this? I'm trying to remember all this because, well, I'm turning 50 next year, and I can't remember things like I used to remember things, right? Here it is. I'm sorry, I just had to go there. Um, The second thing, ready? Where you place your vision determines your perspective when you're in the middle of the meantime, okay? Where you place your vision determines your perspective. So Paul was in the meantime, right? He was sitting in jail, and what did he do? Of course, we know he sang. But why was he singing? Because he had to take his attention, he had to hold his emotions in check, and he had to take every thought captive that was coming into his mind, that was trying to drag him down, trying to discourage him. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The, 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 the spiritual warfare that we have going on in our life, you don't even know about. So we got to take every thought captive. He was taking every thought captive... And he wasn't just saying, you're not allowed in my mind. He was putting into his mind the praises of God. He was putting his focus on the Father. And you know what began to happen? Read the book of Philippians. Love the book of Philippians. He begins to, he was sitting in jail when he wrote the book of Philippians. This is the kind of things he wrote. His perspective. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in me is not going to give up, but he's going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You ever heard that one, Reese? That's good. But then you go to Philippians 1.21 and it says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is what? Somebody say that louder. Now that takes some serious, where I'm from, show enough perspective. The more you praise, the better perspective you get. Then you can keep going like this. You can say, I have learned the secret 
of being content in every, each and every situation, whether living in plenty or in want. I know my God's going to provide all of my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I'm still in the book of Philippians, by the way. And so we come to a verse. I don't have it on the screen, but I want to give it to you. 2 Corinthians 4.18, this is what it says. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is something all different, eternal. And it's just like someone said to me the other day, you know, Bill, it's almost like Paul saw things not like we normally see things from the beginning to the end, but he started to see things like God sees them from the end to the beginning. It's a limited illustration, but I want you to think about that for just a second. We see things from the beginning to the end, waiting for that day when things will change, waiting here, looking for that. God sees them from the end to the beginning. It's like, I know what they're thinking. I know what they're going through. And I'm trying to reveal truths to them. And when God begins to reveal truths to you, it changes everything. It changes everything, folks. You can be slap up in the middle of it. It changes everything. When you begin to allow the truths of God as you focus on him to saturate the deepest parts of who you are, it changes everything. And Paul began to be changed. But see, I, I learned that circumstances should not dictate my relationship with Christ. I learned that where I put my focus determines my perspective. I learned something else. I learned the buddy system. Anybody know what the buddy system is? You see, I don't know when it was. Maybe about a year after I left here, I had a brother in Christ walk up to me. How you doing, Bill? Well, I've been better. <laughs> How do you answer that question? And he said, what if I told you that some brothers in Christ have been praying for you? What if I told you, what if I asked you, do you want to go to Brazil? See, Brazil was a place we could go and serve other people, but it's really a place you can go and be served. And he said, now the first thing, don't think about money. What if it's all paid for? I said, yes. I didn't think about it. Didn't think about it at all, did I? Did I, Lewis? I didn't think about that at all. I said, yes, I'll go. And the most interesting thing about Paul, though he was this great and mighty person, you see them all in, in, in the world, great spiritual leaders. He had somebody right beside him, sitting in that daggum jail with him. His name was Silas. He's not from Heroes series. Sorry, nobody caught that, did you? Netflix, Heroes, Silas, anyway. Um, but he was sitting with Silas. And they were encouraging one another for when one person falls, the other is there to lift them up. I think Jesus said that. That's the buddy system. And now here's a fourth truth I want to share with you. And I want you to get this. Circumstances should never determine your purpose. Okay? Okay? y'all hear me? Everybody, everybody awake? It's hard to tell under the masks. Because if you lean just right on that back wall, the mask covers the eyes. You know what I mean? Circumstances should never determine your purpose. Never determine your purpose. You may think, man alive, he's a slow learner, but let me share this truth about my life. 
You see, when I walked out of these doors eight years ago, I was lost. What do you do? What did I do the last 17 years of my life? I got up in front of people and I ran my mouth, and hopefully they learned something about Jesus. But what do you do when you are not doing what you used to do anymore? Some of us buy into the fact that our whole identity is wrapped up in what we do instead of who we are in Christ. It's almost like my whole purpose is this, but what, when we don't, what happens when we don't do this anymore? And now it gets so simplistic, I don't even want to tell you. It's so easy. It's not easy, but it's an easy understanding. Paul's sitting in jail. He's singing praises. Y'all, it took me four and a half years to learn this. It doesn't matter what you're doing or where you are, whether or not you're in a job you don't like, whether or not you're in a position in life, you, you name it, you don't like, your purpose never leaves because it's wrapped up in the fact that you're a child of God and you are called by God. To glorify him through the things that you do. Read the book of James. My purpose, I learned way back in college, is this. Know God. Make God known. Folks, it took me four and a half years to realize that I didn't have to go back into a church to feel like I had to have purpose. It took me four and a half years to realize that I didn't have to be leading small groups to feel like I had purpose. You know what I do now? You know what my purpose is now? Glory be to God. I unstop toilets on Sunday morning. Woo! This exciting stuff. Actually, I don't do that because it never happens. It's a newer building. I'm a facilities director, actually, at Southside Church. And I've realized the truth, and thank you, my, my wife has been telling me this for four and a half years. She says, Bill, you don't have to do what you used to do to have a purpose today. You know what that tells me? There is no meantime because God never leaves us alone. God doesn't say, hey, you've done this. That's great. Why don't you hang out here for a while and later on I'm going to use you again. No, God's using you every single day. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God says, go out there and pray for your brother who's, who's suffering. God says, go out there and sit with your sister who just lost a loved one. God says, go and do in these things. No matter what the circumstances are, you are my child. I have called you. That's it. Don't listen to any other deception, any other lie, or any other emotion you may be feeling right now. See, now, I just stomped all over that like a bull in a china shop. That's what I was saying before. So please hear me, uh, the sensitivity when I say these truths. Never let circumstances determine your relationship with God. Okay? Where you place your focus determines your perspective. All right? Buddy system, number three. Number four, circumstances should never dictate or determine your purpose. Now, what do I do? I'm going to do that thing that the speakers always do. I'm almost there. Let me finish. Let me close with this. Here's your truths. Number one, you have to inject truth into your life. If you're in a place right now where you are isolated, obviously, 
You have to find a way to inject truth into your life. I guess I should like look at my notes for a second, but I'm actually not going to look there. This is the truth I inject into my life that a mentor gave me. This is the second copy because I wore the, the other one. It just fell apart. These are the truths of God that I put into my life every single day. I read them. I proclaim them. They're not to make me feel good. They're to transform my mind so that when I'm sitting there in life, I have a purpose. I have a direction. I know my father. The second thing you got to do is this. You got to have a buddy. You got to have a buddy. How many of you have weaknesses? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you do. I don't. But how many of you are in a place? I mean, America says, don't show weaknesses, show strengths. So all we see are basically the Facebook images. Everybody's strong. Everybody's got it going on. But in reality, you've heard it before. Folks are struggling. If you're one of those folks right now that's in that position, and you don't have anybody in your life, this is not me talking to you. This is God saying, I have a design. And if you'll follow it, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to strengthen you. Who isn't in your life right now you need to reach out to and say, hey, you know what? Things aren't going too well. You've got to have a buddy. And the third is this. I promise you it works. When you're in your four and a half years, you need to live out loud. Paul was in that jail cell singing, and I can only imagine what it looked like, you know, chained up. I can only go that far. Sorry, I was in the shadows. I'm coming back to the camera. I can only go that far. And he was singing to God. God is so good. God is so good. What was he doing? Scripture says, throw that back up there. It's worth it. Last part of that scripture. It says that he was singing and all the other people, the prisoners, were what? Listening. How were they listening? Because the man was having a worship throwdown right up in the middle of jail. He was singing out loud. All right, I'm going to give you three seconds to answer this question. Best movie ever made in the whole entire creation of humankind. Best movie ever made? No answers? No, Elf. Elf. Princess Bride. You know, Princess Bride was pretty good. Let's talk about that after, after church. And in Elf, what's the most classic line maybe that you know that I know? Yep, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is sing out loud for all to hear. If you haven't watched that, please watch it. It's worth it. Just go with it. It is Will Ferrell, but it, it's good. It's clean. Just go with it. The man was probably like, Paul was probably like, what do I have to lose? I'm already in jail for this. I believe this. God has completely changed my life. I'm just going to sing it out loud because I want every one of those other people around me to hear. And you know what happens when you begin to live out your purpose to make God known? It doesn't matter if you send a card or rake a yard or call somebody and say, I prayed for you. You know what happens when, to you? I'm going to show you this one nugget, and then I really am done. It's in the book of Philemon. That's the New Testament. 
chapter 1, which is actually weird because it's like only one chapter, verse 6, it's right before Hebrews. And this is what it says. It's not up on the screen. Philemon's 1.6. I was about to say, Nick, you're good. I was about to say, come up there, man. That's awesome. Paul says this. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of all the good things you have in Christ. Paul was like, brother, God is so good. I'm not going to keep going because I can't sing that high. God is so good. Hit it, Nick. No, I'm just kidding. He's so good to... And the people were listening. And lives were being changed. That four truth, I eventually started doing. I stepped out of my meantime that I had created for myself that God never wanted me to stay in. It's okay for a while. And I stepped into living out again the purposes of God wherever I was. And everything started to change. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much that we've been able to be here today. And Lord, I I shared a lot of words. But Father, I pray that your truths will stick. And Lord, we can roll around in them. We can get them all over us. Father, that they can seep deep down into our lives so that when we leave this place today things are on a path of change which has always been the case but you'll reveal it to us today Lord I pray for those who might not understand any of this because perhaps they don't know you Lord I pray for anybody in this room today that that is just saying in in their hearts "I, I don't understand and how do you have a relationship with Christ you can have a relationship with Christ in a real easy way You see, God wants to be Lord of your life. He wants to direct your steps. He really does want to have control, not to punish you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And all you have to do is come to God and say, God, I give you my life. I believe in what you did for me on the cross to forgive me of all of my stakes. Lord, I believe that you rose again, and I give you my life. Whatever words you use, Lord, I give you my life. For those of us who are in circumstances today that are really very difficult, God, we come together as the body of Christ to pray for these folks. We ask, Lord, that you would bring people around them to speak life into them. Lord, we ask that you would lay upon our hearts a way that we can take the blessing out of the blessing you have given us to bless them, that their lives might change. And Lord, for those who have reached their end, I pray, God, that you would tell them, you got this, and you've got them. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them in these circumstances to take a step out and reach out to a brother and sister in Christ and say, I need your help. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for your truths. In Jesus' holy name, amen.